Rainbows high and deep. Touchdown, Wisconsin! And this game is underway with a bang! This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. I'm going to pull back the curtain just a little bit. I'm going to be honest for a moment before we uh, before we get into talking about the Bucks. Yesterday, I was planning my show. I was getting ready. And I knew because the Bucks were, were starting up at 6.30, right after my show was done, we wanted to talk Bucks right up until 6 o'clock. And I was trying to figure out what exactly I wanted to talk about, what we wanted to have a discussion about. And, and, and part of me wanted to just come on air and just sound off and say, you know what? The Bucks are going to eviscerate the Celtics tonight. They're going to come into Pfizer for them and basically just dispatch this team once and for all. We know they're done. The Celtics know they're done. They know a very uncomfortable, tumultuous offseason is on the way. And tonight is just going to be a blowout of epic proportions. I had it written down. And then I said, ah, but what if uh, that might not happen, though? What if it does? No, let's talk about Malcolm Brogdon instead. Damn it. I was right. Everyone was right. Everyone last night, myself included, and I bet all of you as well, who thought the Celtics were going to go into Pfizer form for Game 5 and just smack the Celtics around to clinch the series in five games. You were exactly right. I was exactly right. Got to trust ourselves more often. Bucks win 116-91 last night to win the series 4-1. to A gentleman's sweep. Right, we They'll spot the Celtics Game 1. But after that, rattling off four in a row. And, and this game... Although the Celtics are a better team, so it didn't feel exactly the same. This game, to me, felt a lot like game one against the Pistons. Where from the first minute of the game, Celtics or the, the Bucks jumped out to a lead, and it never really felt... Did anyone feel stressed last night? Did anyone worry at any point last night? I, I Honestly, I really didn't. I felt like I was watching a preseason game last night. I felt like I was watching a scrimmage. Like I, There was no concern. The Celtics were shooting south of 20% for the opening portion of that game. The Bucs were running away with it, and they weren't even shooting the ball well. They were shooting around 30%, a little over 30% in the first half. And I said, man, it could get uglier in the second half, and it did somehow. Don't understand it. It did. And last night, I, 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 I we all expected it. I, I didn't double down and, and brag about it and be cocky about it on yesterday's show like I should have. But but yesterday still amazes me. Yesterday still has a surreal feeling. Let's talk about the Bucks going to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time since the early 2000s, since I was three years old. This is the Wisco Sports Show presented by Played Against Sports. I'm your host, Grant Bills. We're going to talk a lot of Bucks today. Bart Winkler uh, from the fan down in Milwaukee is going to join us at, uh, at 5.30. He was down at Pfizer for a little bit of the game, but also enjoyed a lot of the game uh, in the Deer District. Right outside on that plaza in front of Pfizer Forum, all the bars, all the all the watch parties going on. So I want to hear about that as well. We'll talk to him coming up at 5.30. I do want to talk a little bit of X's and O's coming up here in about 10 minutes. Although last night's game, it wasn't close. It's almost not worth discussing. What I do want to talk about, and we've, we've mentioned this before. I've mentioned this before. As an NBA fan, the NBA is my favorite league. I, I, I will watch casually much more NBA games than NFL games or MLB games. What I mean is, if the Packers aren't playing, if the Bucks aren't playing, if the Brewers aren't playing, I, I'm going to watch the Rockets and the Warriors. I'm going to watch the Kings and the Nuggets. I, I will watch other teams in the NBA much more often than I'll watch other teams in, in other leagues, in other sports. And, and growing up, 
I always felt like I had two NBA seasons, right? I would watch my team throughout the regular season, and you'd you'd watch the, those blockbuster games every couple of weekends. But for the most part, watch the Bucks, follow them either till the end of the regular season or till the end of the first round, because it's been 20 years since they made it out of the first round. And once that moment happens, it almost feels like we turn a page. That portion of the NBA season is over, and we are now moving on to the second part where we watch the good teams, where we enjoy the second round and the conference finals and the NBA finals. Mostly with big market teams, but there are some exceptions. Never once has the first part of the season and the second part of the season combined like this. Now now the, the Bucks are, are, are a part of that second season for me. They're a part of what has always been just casual watching. Just watching for enjoyment. And now I get to sit down and watch the second round. And now the Eastern Conference Finals and, and just possibly the NBA Finals. And have my team be a part of it. And that's a pretty surreal feeling. Last night was a surreal scene at the Pfizer Forum. It was like a celebration. Everybody came running into the Pfizer Forum last night. And the Deer District, the surrounding areas, all the bars and the watch parties. They knew what was going to happen last night. It was a celebration. Anybody who watched the broadcast on TNT last night, of course, you can listen here on WKTY. But I would imagine a lot of you tried to get home to watch it after work or after this show wrapped up. The scene in Milwaukee last night was unreal, and you, you noticed it on the television broadcast last night. All the Brewers were there. Eric Thames wrapped up his post-game press conference with Sophia Menard on Fox Sports Wisconsin yesterday saying, hey, everybody, big bucks game tonight. Let's go get it. We're going to the stadium right now, and he ran into the dugout. You saw that, that picture last night. I think I saw it on Twitter. Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, Ryan Braun, Christian Yelich. Mike Moustakis, all dressed in, in Bucks garb uh, and, and there at the Bucks game. Craig Council uh, got a little cameo on, on the television broadcast, sitting in the stands, like an everyman, with his, with his black Bucks sweatshirt on. Brewers were there. They were repping. The Packers were there as well. Of course, David Bakhtiari, and he knows how to get a Wisconsin crowd fired up. David Bakhtiari just inhaling two beers in, in less than 10 seconds to get the crowd fired up, standing up, waving the arms. Crowd getting behind him. And then Aaron Rodgers sitting courtside, which is nothing new this time, accompanied by Danica Patrick. But this jumped out to me on the broadcast last night, and I had to do a double take. And then I saw it later on on, on multiple social media accounts, on Twitter and on Instagram, of the man who was sitting behind Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick, who was was passing Danica her drinks, had bought Danica her drinks, these, these cups of wine, and Danica reaches into her purse, pulls out some cash, man's like, no, 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 on the house, on the house, go ahead. This man's buying Danica Patrick drinks as Aaron Rodgers is sitting right there. Like, it, it was an unreal scene at the Pfizer Forum last night. And I'm watching with a couple of friends in our living room, and I'm thinking, man, I wish we were there right now. Because the atmosphere just felt like a celebration. It didn't even feel like there was a game last night. Because after the first 60 seconds, man, I, I don't know if I was stressed at all. I don't know if I was concerned at all. Because the Bucks utterly dominated this thing. From the opening tip till the final buzzer. Celtics imploded right before halftime. Al Horford got teed up. Brad Stevens should have been teed up, although I'm not dwelling on that. And then in the second half, the Celtics just gave up. Kyrie Irving said, screw it, I'm going to play hero ball. Because if anything, I can try to salvage my stat line. And the stat that everybody was talking about last night, and maybe you noticed this, maybe you didn't. Kyrie Irving, in that five-game series, you ready for this? Took 104 shots. 104 shots. And he scored, drumroll please, 102 points. No! <laughs> That's right. Kyrie Irving had more shots than points in this series. And last night, it was, it was just blatant. It was just obvious. Kyrie's like, man, I'm, I'm going to shoot the damn ball. If it doesn't go in, I'll, I'll shoot it again. And you remember we talked about that press conference uh, on Monday night, Tuesday night, where Kyrie Irving, 
He was asked, you know, you were you were seven for twenty two, eight for twenty two. You know, can you can you tell us about that? You're struggling uh, to score, struggling to be efficient. Kyrie Irving said, twenty two shots, man. I I, I should have shot thirty. That's just how good I am. Well, Kyrie Irving, you keep shooting. As far as I'm concerned, hundred four shots and one hundred and two points in this series. You remember those shots are, are either worth two or three points, right? So if you if you have fewer points than shots, you're shooting well under fifty percent. Which means you're probably taking bad shots. Which means the ball is probably sticking. You're not getting others involved. And then, then that stat tell you all you need to know. Kyrie Irving, 104 shots, 102 points. You could draw conclusions from that. Saying, well, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown probably struggled to get involved. And Al Horford was, was probably spotty. And, and the offense was probably clunky and inefficient and full of bad shots. Exactly. That's maybe the one stat, the only stat that you needed to see. To draw conclusions about this series. We're going to continue to talk Bucks and their their second round playoff victory, the Eastern Conference Finals. It's pretty wild, isn't it? I, I've I've always I've never associated second, third round playoff series or the NBA Finals with my team. I've never even thought that well maybe the Bucks could make the Eastern Conference Finals. They could go get they could make a make an NBA Finals berth this year. I've never once had that thought. And and, the, and that that could be a possibility this year is, is pretty crazy. You might be feeling it a little bit as well today. You want to talk Bucks 608-796-2558. That's the five-star telecom talk and text line. When we come back, I I, I want to point something out. I, I woke up early this morning, man. I, I turned on SportsCenter. I turned on every I turned on every national news source. I potted up Dave and Scrady on, on the WK2I app on my phone. I was just taking it in. And naturally, when I was watching SportsCenter or First Take or First Things First or Undisputed or whatever show, fill in the blank, the conversation was much more about the Celtics, and, th- and that's fine. The Celtics are an, an interesting storyline right now because they're coming up on, a, on what could be a wild summer with Kyrie Irving hitting free agency, Gordon Hayward getting paid way too much, Al Horford with only one more year, some young players like Terry Rozier saying, man, I sacrificed way too much this year. Screw this. Brad Stevens say, I didn't do a good enough job. It is a rocky situation right now in Boston, and there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. So I understand why the conversation was steered towards Boston. What's wrong with Boston and not... Well, what did Milwaukee do well? Milwaukee won four games in a row. They won the series four to one. They won all the games by double digits. And yet, I don't know if we are fathoming, fathoming. I don't know if we can fathom how good this, how good the Bucks played in this series. I want to share with you a couple of statistics that are absolutely going to make your jaw hit the floor. We're going to continue Bucks Celtics. Well, Bucks now going to the Eastern Conference Finals. We're just going to talk. Bucks. I don't care what's going on with the Celtics. That coming up next. The Wisco Sports Show presented by Played Against Sports. You're listening to WKTY. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for tuning in. We're soaking it in. We're enjoying it. You might be getting a little cocky, too. The Bucks win the series 4-1 to last night in Game 5 over the Boston Celtics, and it wasn't necessarily a surprise. They dispatched the Celtics pretty humanely last night. It was over pretty quickly. And today, naturally, I'm tuning in to all the national outlets, hearing what the talking heads have to say about the Milwaukee Bucks, because I want to hear their dirty mouth say, look, and this is never going to happen, by the way. I don't know why I continue to, to tune into shows and tune into uh, to programs and, and expect to hear this, because it's never going to be said. I want to hear their dirty mouth say, I didn't watch the Bucks at all this year, and I tried to generalize. I, I tried to use generic takes that have worked in the past and I've gotten lucky in the past 
Because I don't want to watch the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't want to watch the Atlanta Hawks. I do not want to watch the Denver Nuggets. So I'm going to apply generic crap that normally works. And I normally don't have to pay for it. And now I'm starting to realize how good the Bucks are. And here's why. And I was wrong. Now, obviously, I'm, I'm, we're never going to hear that. That's not, how, that's not how sports TV, sports radio works. Except for me. I'll always be honest. Uh, but then again, I would never get something as obvious like this wrong. The, the Bucks proved it all year. It, it, as of right now, by the way, uh, the Bucks have a point differential that is unlike anything we've seen in decades. All the conversation today was about what's wrong with the Celtics? Why can't the Celtics? Why did they lose? W- what are they going to do this offseason? And I understand that because the Celtics are, have, have a fascinating situation right now. That storyline is really interesting and it makes for really good talk. The Bucks, why why did the Celtics lose? Because the Bucks are that damn good. The Bucks are just that much better than everyone else and they do things that other teams just have no answer for. This is Brad Stevens talking about the Bucks after the game and it was a refreshing nice bit of candor. Uh, whereas normally we haven't had that. Brad Stevens post game last night. They are one hell of a basketball team and they've been building habits every day. And those habits showed up. They were tremendous. Um, and credit them, credit their coaches, credit their players. You know, they're better than we are. They're better than we are. They are a hell of a basketball team. That is basically what it comes down to. The, in this series, post-game one, the Bucks shot the ball better. They rebounded the ball, the ball better. They passed the ball better. They had more hustle plays. They got to more loose balls. They played better in transition. They played better in the half court. They adjusted better. Their chemistry was better. Their bench was way better. Their starters were better. Their superstar was much better. Well, we'll talk about all of that and in what played into it. Right now, through nine postseason games, of which the Bucks have only lost one, which is much better than any team still standing in round number two in either conference, the Bucks have a point differential of plus 138. You know who had a, a plus 138 point differential through nine games? The 1995-96-72 win Chicago Bulls. This Bucks team is so damn good. And I know that there's a lot of criticism being heaped on the Celtics, and that is fair, because Kyrie Irving played like a bum. He played like a selfish bum, which is worse than playing like a bum. It's one thing if you're playing within the system and you're trying to do things right and your shots don't fall. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to fault you for that. Kyrie Irving played like a selfish bum. He took 104 shots this series and only scored 102 points. Like, he was bad. But the Bucks as a whole... Coaching, scoring, defense, rebounding, passing, everything. The Bucks dominated the Celtics. Last night, give you an example. Last night, the Bucks bench almost outscored the Celtics starters. The Celtic the, the Bucks bench last night had 49 points. The Celtics starters had 50. Like, like the Bucks are they're just that much better. Let's try to wrap our mind around this, okay? Let's try to get this through our head because I'm still trying to process. After game three, the Celtics had two must-win games. Two absolute must-win games. Because remember, the Celtics won game one, and then the Bucks won game two, and after that, everything's feeling even up. The Celtics are going home with, with the notion that we stole home court advantage, let's take care of business at home, and we're going to be in this series. For game three and for game 4 it was not a it was it was not a must win game after after game 2 the Celtics went back to to Boston and they're thinking all right here we go we're in this series now after Milwaukee won the first game in Boston then things changed now Boston's saying we have to win the second game at home because we can't go back to Milwaukee facing elimination in game 5 we we can't lose this game and then in turn last night of course they couldn't lose last night's game because because they were facing elimination the Celtics were staring down the barrel 
of two must-win games after Game 3. Not only for this year, not only facing elimination and trouble in terms of being eliminated from the playoffs, but the Celtics knew that if they were eliminated from the series, not only would it impact 2019, May 2019, the, the playoffs of 2019, but their future's on the line as well. Kyrie Irving has got one foot out the door, and a loss to the Bucks is only going to make that easier. Gordon Hayward's getting paid way too much money. Al Horford's only got one year left on his deal after this year. Terry Rozier's saying, screw this, guys. I, I gave up everything. I sacrificed everything after my postseason last year. The Celtics had everything to lose. That team should be kicking and scratching and clawing and giving you their best punch. And, and I think the Celtics did. I just don't think the Celtics are that good. And, and in those games, Milwaukee blew them out of the water. Game four and game five, Milwaukee had, or excuse me, Boston had everything to lose in the here and now and in the future. And it it didn't matter. Milwaukee, Milwaukee ran them out of the gym. The scores for this series continue to blow me away. Last night, the Celtics uh, falling in game five, 116-91 was the final score. The Bucs won the second game in Boston, 113-101 by double digits. They, they, they won game game three in Boston, 123-116. That one was a little bit closer, although it, it was really out of hand. The score was misleading. And, of course, they won game two in Milwaukee, 123-102. They eviscerated Boston after game one. And they did so in the last two games, in games that the Celtics could absolutely not afford to lose. Not only to, to, to avoid elimination in this in this playoff series, but to not screw up the future of their team, which now is looking murky, and that's why everybody's talking about it. Milwaukee just didn't care. They were that much better. Last night, like I said, the Bucks bench scored 49 points to the Celtics starters 50. Like, like it was it was absolutely dominant. And you know what? Giannis didn't even he didn't even overextend himself last night. Giannis didn't even quote unquote pop off. Giannis had 20 points. Now, he was all over the floor. He was plus 33 in 31 minutes, which is absolutely unreal. But they got contributions from everywhere. Miritich had 10, including a a flurry to open the game, which got the ball going. Chris Middleton had 19. Eric Bledsoe had probably his best game of the series with 18. And then their bench, we're talking about their bench scoring, Ursan with 10, George Hill with 16, Brogdon with 10 in only 17 minutes. Brogdon was efficient, no turnovers, looked clean, just like I thought he would, just like we talked about yesterday. And Pat Connaughton had 7 points, but he also added 11 rebounds. God, this is just domination. This is absolute domination. And, And it shouldn't have been that way. If there was ever a reason for Boston to play their best basketball ever, and best basketball of the season, it was in the last two games. Facing elimination and facing going into an offseason that, that could be potentially very rocky, very tumultuous. And it didn't matter. Milwaukee still ran them out of the gym three games in a row, two of which, like I said, were absolute must-win games on so many levels. Man. Milwaukee plus 138. They have outscored their opponents by 138 combined points so far through nine postseason games. That's the same as the 72-win Chicago Bulls, which, yeah, had Michael Jordan. That team, that Bulls team, yep. The team that statistically and record-wise had not been touched until recently by the Golden State Warriors, probably the best basketball team I have seen and maybe the best basketball team I will ever see. 
Bucks are like, yeah, look, Celtics, you're facing elimination and you're you're playing to avoid Kyrie leaving and, and everybody being upset and Brad Stevens having to go to the podium and saying, it was my fault, my bad. Danny Ainge saying, well, what do we do now? That's what they were facing. And Milwaukee says, yeah, we don't really care. We don't really care at all. 116-91, the final score last night. Outscoring them in every quarter. Like, it was domination start to finish. Milwaukee outscoring them in the first 22-19. In the second, 30-20. to And then it really started to get out of hand. 28-23 to in the third quarter, like we've seen in every game, the third quarter telling the story. And then in the fourth, outscoring them 36-29. to And by the way, Malcolm Brogdon is coming back. They're getting a 50-40-90 player last night who, as we've talked about, I think he can be effective immediately coming off the bench from this injury because he doesn't rely on athleticism. He doesn't rely on being faster, stronger, jumping higher. He's a smart player who's very efficient, knows the correct shots to take, and has a great finish as we saw the Brogdon reverse uh, layup last night. Missed that, right? He scored 10 points only 17 minutes last night, and he had no turnovers. Looked clean, looked fresh, couple assists as well. Four assists, 10 points in 10 minutes. Malcolm Brogdon is back. Whereas other teams are losing players, right? KD got injured last night. Marcus Smart appeared to get injured again last night. Joel Embiid can't stay healthy. Pascal Siakam's going through some things. The Bucks are getting healthier. And George Hill is coming out of nowhere. They're improving. <laughs> they're not getting worse. They're improving. This Bucks team, I think they're going to force some conversation in the next couple of days. And let's be real, a lot of these national media talking heads are really getting to cover their can today because the Lakers are doing something monumentally stupid with their coaching situation. And obviously Boston and Kyrie is just sports media gold. So luckily there's other things to talk about other than how wrong everyone was about this Bucks team. We've been watching the Bucks. We know somebody who's covered this Bucks team, been talking about this Bucks team every day for months. That's Bart Winkler from 105.7 FM, the fan in Milwaukee. We'll talk to him on the Five Star Telecom talk and text line. Coming up next, you're listening to the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY, presented by Played Against Sports. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for tuning in. You can always listen 96.7 FM, 580 AM, and stream live on our mobile app as well. We're talking Bucks, and they're, uh, I'm calling it a dispatch. They dispatched the Boston Celtics last night. They put them out of their misery in Game 5, 116-91. to 91. And I thought, why not try to talk to somebody who was down there, who had their, uh, their boots on the ground, essentially, at Pfizer Forum and in the Deer District last night. That's Bart Winkler from 105.7 FM, The Fan. Bart, are you... Uh, are you hanging in there today? I would imagine it was a long, it was a long, enjoyable night last night. Well, it was a long day for the work portion of of myself, but it was also a long day uh, as a fan. I had a very good time celebrating the Bucks going to the Eastern Conference Finals, which, even though it's something that we predicted and we should expect with how well they played, it's still a sentence that when you say it. It is kind of surreal. Bart, it's pretty wild. I was talking with uh, with my listeners early on in the show. I In my lifetime as an NBA fan, the NBA is my favorite league. I, I watch a lot of games when the Bucks aren't playing. It, it's felt like my whole life there's been two seasons. I watch the Bucks, however far they go, whether that's the regular season or the first round. And then there's the second portion of the season where I kick back and watch everyone else, the good teams, and, and kind of put the Bucks out of sight and out of mind. And, and to think that those two portions, those two different areas of my NBA fandom are combined this year is pretty wild. And we're talking about the Eastern Conference Finals, Bart. Like, like that's crazy to me. And we're talking about the Bucks in May. You know, <laughs> like, the, the, next, the next couple of weeks, 
you know, I'm sure there's some guys that, you know, have weddings and, you know, oh, let's look at the Brewers' schedule. Let's make sure it's not the NFL draft. Oh, this this weekend in May should be fine. Uh, no, it, it might not be because the Bucks are in the Eastern Conference Finals. And a lot of times you didn't have to worry about the Bucks or, or think about the Bucks and not worry, but get to enjoy the Bucks in May. And they are one of those good teams now. And they're not just one of the good teams. They could actually be the best team. Whatever's going on in the West, I, I don't know if it matters. I mean, obviously a Warriors team with Kevin Durant is better than a team without him. But when you look at any of these teams the Bucks could match up against, I would I would think the way they're playing, they should be the favorite. The best team in the league, they've had the best record in the league, and now they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. And there's there's been a thing, and, and I've talked about it with you, that, you know, nationally maybe the Bucks haven't gotten the credit they deserved up to this point. And the, the argument that really bothered me was when people would call them a regular season team. I didn't, I didn't get that. Regular season team. Uh, isn't that a good thing? A good regular season team? Why is, that not, why is that not a good thing? And if you look at why they were a good regular season team, they barely lost back-to-back games. So when they lost the game, they'd come out and win. They barely lost when they would, when they would play a team and then see that team again the next time they would beat them. And they would manhandle teams. They've won 50-some games now, including the playoffs, by double digits. All those things that they're good at in the regular season translate exactly to what you need to do to get through playoff series. So, yes, they were a good regular season team, which is why they are a good playoff team. Well, Bart, here's my thing about the regular season. I get some teams have just been better in the regular season than the postseason. The regular season isn't everything, but it, but it's like it's not nothing. Like The Bucks have shown us this the entire year. This isn't a total surprise to me. The Celtics were bad in the regular season, relatively, of course. They 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 never gelled, they never clicked, and and everybody's acting like Boston is collapsing, like it's the end of the world. Is this not the same Boston team we've watched all year? And and luckily for a lot of these talking heads who have had it wrong about the Bucks, they can now talk about well, what's next for Kyrie and and, and where where do the Celtics go from here? And they can kind of glaze over yeah. what the Celtics just or the Boston or the Bucks just did, which is basically abuse the Boston Celtics for for four straight games after game one. Yeah, and, and that's why it's important if you are a Bucks fan to seek out you know shows like yours and to seek out local coverage because we are going to talk about the Bucks because we're excited about a team that's playing good basketball. Talking about a team that's playing good basketball isn't going to move the needle on a national landscape. They need to talk about the teams that have drama, and the Celtics had drama all year, and they were the same team in the playoffs that they were in the regular season. The deception was, I think people talk themselves into thinking, well, they swept the Pacers, they flipped the switch. Well, the Pacers lost their best player, and were kind of limping towards the finish anyway. That was not, that was not a series to be impressed about with a sweep. The Bucks are the same team in the regular season, and that's that they are in the playoffs, and that's what you should have been looking at. Look at who stepped up in the series. There were nights it was George Hill. There were nights it was Pat Connaughton. There were nights it was Urson. And then if you go look back in the season, there were times when these guys didn't play or come off the bench. And then there were times when they may have been needed to start or get starters minutes. And the Bucks have sort of given these guys, whether it was by design or on accident, given these guys throughout the year time off and then the opportunity to play their back way back into the lineup 
and then the opportunity for them to succeed. And that's what you saw in the playoffs. Now you're getting Malcolm Brogdon back. You know, at some point we could see Tony Snell step up. Uh, at some point, I mean, we could go all the way down to DJ Wilson. Ooh. You don't know who's going to step up in these games because there are so many guys that can step up, and you've got Giannis as that main anchor for the whole thing. So when you look back, you can look ahead, and I think when you look ahead, you can think that the Bucks will be favored in the Eastern Conference Finals no matter which of these teams they play. But they have a very good shot. It's not a pipe dream. They have a very good shot to win the NBA championship this year. That's that's insane to me. I'm still getting over that. Bart Winkler uh, from the fan in Milwaukee joining us. UWL grad as well. I always forget to mention that, and I kick myself later for it. UWL Eagle Bart Winkler uh, joins us on the five-star telecom talk and text line. You were at the Pfizer Forum for a little bit last night. You were kicking around the Deer District as well. Now, I can't speak for all of our listeners. I've... Uh, I have ventured to the Pfizer Forum with some of our listeners. We take those bus trips, and I've been there a couple of times. That was regular season, of course. What's it been like down there? I mean, I got to peek a little bit around the Deer District and see what was going on, but I can't imagine it was anything like it was last night. What is going on in downtown Milwaukee right now? So whatever you know about downtown Milwaukee, there's you know a few blocks where there's bars and shops and, and restaurants. And then remember the Bradley Center, there was just kind of a space of a parking lot, and they you know, in the playoffs, they'd maybe do a pop-up sort of like fan excitement zone, sure. whatever. But now you've got the Pfizer Forum, and then there's bars that just opened just this past week, this Mecca Bar, which is the biggest TV that you'll find, I think, maybe in, I don't know, the world. I mean, it's huge. It's a huge TV, at least in in Milwaukee, at least in Wisconsin. And there's just, like, places to be. So there's the established bars the brick-and-mortar bars right by the stadium where you can go before and obviously during or after. And then the rest of the, like, area, there's a, there's a TV, huge TV fixated where you can watch the game outside, and then they threw another screen up where you could bring chairs and sit down and watch, and there's just a ton of stuff to do, food and, and like, pop-up, you know, T-shirt stands. And it is like if you've been on the road to maybe – you know, St. Louis for a Cardinals game or even the area around Lambeau. I mean, these these places where there's a stadium and then there's just a bunch of other stuff, that's what Milwaukee has now. And it is it is surreal because where I was last night, look out the window, I can see the Fiserv because that's the allure, but then you can also see whatever's left of the Bradley Center. And it's been sort of a nice, metaphor this whole playoff with every win it seems like they're taking down more of the bradley center i mean it's almost down there was a crane working on it last night for some reason during the game i don't know if that guy was listening on the radio or what but there it's just a good metaphor of all the past the house of horrors of the last 20 years it is crumbling down because you've got the shiny new building with the shiny new team. That's that's just poetry, Bart. I, I, we're going to talk about this uh, after our conversation. Uh, listeners and I, we're going to try to figure out Raptors or Sixers, who would we rather face? Now, I, I think the Bucks are going to be favored either way. They're going to have home, home court advantage either way, and I think both of those teams do present challenges and weaknesses. Just gut feeling as a fan, who would you rather the Bucks see? Who do you think would be the easier opponent for the Bucks? And we might know as soon as tonight, right? I'm not thinking of that wrong. The 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 Raptors are up three to two, correct? Yeah, I would rather I would rather the Bucks face the Sixers. I think the 
Raptors are the better team. I think the way that they were seeded is the order of likelihood that they all go to the finals. Sure. Bucks one, Raptors two, Sixers three, Celtics four. I think the Raptors are sort of like a Bucks team where you've got, you know, Kawhi can be their Giannis, and they've got other guys. Kyle Lowry can be their Bledsoe. Pascal Siakam can be their Middleton. You know, they've got Lopez can be Marcus Saul. They've kind of they match up with the Bucks, I think, in a better way. The Sixers, you're going to hear they have the best starting lineup, and they probably do. But Simmons has his weaknesses where he can't really shoot outside the paint. Think Ethan Happ, if he was a more <laughs> athletic pro. And then Joel Embiid, who, when he is right, he is maybe the most dominant player in the league over Giannis, but he's not right a lot. And the last game that they played, it looked like he was, I mean, it looked like he was melting away on the court. It was just a, a tough performance to watch. I think that the Sixers are not as deep as Toronto, and they've got more vulnerabilities with some of their stars. So I would, I would rather, if I'm a Bucks fan, I would rather, which I am, but I would rather see them take on Philadelphia. Either way, Grant, as you mentioned, I think that the Bucks should be able to win. Yeah, uh, I think a series with Toronto would go a little deeper, six or even seven. I think that they are, they're sort of an overlooked team, just like Milwaukee is. I agree. I don't think anybody wants to see those two teams in the Eastern Conference Finals, but I think uh, everybody just might be forced, uh, might be forced to sit back and, and watch those two teams. Bart Winkler from the Fan of Milwaukee joining us. Bart, one more question. I was excited to see Malcolm Brogdon get back on the court last night, as everyone else was. But what I've been preaching for a week here as we've prepared game after game for Malcolm Brogdon to come back is I, I don't think the, the adjustment period is going to be as long with Malcolm Brogdon as it might be with another player. I think he uh, said he could be effective immediately off the bench because he doesn't rely on, on being faster, stronger, being quicker, being able to jump higher than anyone. He's a guy who, whose game is a little bit different. Last night he gave you 10 points and four assists in only 17 minutes. Like, he was excellent. No turnovers. He, he looks ready to go. What kind of role do you think the Bucks are going to try to push him back into, if pushing him back into any role, uh, throughout the next week as the Eastern Conference Finals begin? What do you see for Malcolm Brogdon? Well, I'm glad he got this appearance in under his belt before they do get to the Eastern Conference Finals. And we'll see if he comes in off the bench. I mean, if he's going to be the first guy off the bench, he's a very good first guy off to have. I think it's going to depend on who they match up against and what matchup they like to start with because you're getting good production out of Miritich as a starter. Uh, you could look at a, a situation. I think Miritich has played a little bit at center. I mean, Brooke Lopez, we talked a lot about the good. He did not have a good series. I think he was 0 for 7 too last night. Maybe there's a situation where they throw Brogdon back in and go small, have Miritich be the big. I'm not sure. I would I would expect that they go with the same starting lineup into game one that they did in game five here. But Malcolm Brogdon, I think he should be able to get starters minutes very soon uh, if, if he's not able to already. I think it's just going to be what Coach Bud likes with the matchups. I agree, Bart. I'm excited. The Bucks are getting healthier. Everybody else is, is getting worse, is getting more injured. The Bucks are just getting better and better as this postseason goes on, and I'm excited to watch them. Bart, thanks again for uh, you've joined us to talk Bucks a couple of times. I appreciate your time, uh, and I hope to talk to you again sometime down the line. And isn't it great we don't have to talk about, like, as much as I love the Packers, I, 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 well, what do we say about the draft picks? Like, isn't this great that we have real games, real playoff games to talk about right now? I mean, personally, I think so. Yeah. I don't know if people would rather hear who the third inside linebacker is going to be, but I like that we're talking about the Bucks and even the Brewers right now. So 
Yeah, I'm ecstatic about this. We can talk about the Packers and, and what could be next next fall all summer long, so I'm loving it too. Bart, thanks again, and uh, and hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah, have a good one. Yeah, you too, Bart. He is, uh, his voice... His voice is a little bit worn out, doing some yelling last night, doing some partying down in the Deer District, down at the Pfizer Forum, as the Bucks move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. And it is pretty surreal to think that that second portion of the NBA season, the Conference Finals, the Finals, which I have always watched casually, I've never even conceived, considered the fact that the Bucks could be there, let alone actually have the Bucks be there, that those two worlds are colliding before my very eyes right now, and it's pretty cool. Let's talk about the Sixers. Let's talk about the Raptors and what might be lying on the horizon uh, coming up next week for the Eastern Conference Finals. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show right here on WKTY. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for tuning in, talking to Bucks, hanging out. Thanks again to Bart Winkler, 105.7 FM, the fan. UWL grad joining me on the five-star telecom talk and text line. If you missed that and you just feel like you got to check it out, head over to WK2Isports.com, click on the podcasts tab, and you can check out the whole show and all of our shows uh, in wherever, whenever, however you want. Skip around, skip what you don't like, listen to what you like twice. It's, uh, it's, it's a slick way to listen. Check it out at WK2Isports.com. Tonight... The other Eastern Conference semifinal series rolls on. Toronto's leading 3-2 to two as the series shifts back to Philly uh, for what will be Game 6. Philly trying to force a Game 7 back. Uh, back well, it would be in Toronto if they're able to force it. Toronto's playing some really good basketball right now. And then, of course, the question is, now that the Celtics have been eliminated and the Bucks are moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. What team would you rather play? Who do you, who, who do you think the, the Bucks have a better shot at beating? The Raptors or the 76ers? Taking your call, 608-796-2558. Let me know on the five-star telecom talk and text line. Look, I both of these teams are really good. I, I think there's advantages and disadvantages to both of these teams. I don't really need to debate. I don't really need to argue. Although, if you would like to talk about it, feel free to hit me up. I don't know. I don't know what team I'd rather play. I look at the Raptors and I see a team that has gone all in on Kawhi Leonard, much like the Bucks have gone all in around Giannis Antetokounmpo. They're one star. They're one superstar that is leagues better than everyone else on the team, but they have built a supporting cast. They have put a coach there with a system that, that completely revolves around that superstar. Let, let's think about this. The Bucks are not a super team. They're a very, very good team. Chris Middleton is excellent. Eric Bledsoe is excellent. They're very deep. But Giannis is their one true superstar. Their one top 10 player in the league. And they have built everything else around him to play to his strengths. The coach plays to his strengths. The style, the defense, the offense, everything. And the Raptors, for the most part, have done the same. I really like Pascal Siakam, much like I really like Chris Middleton. But those two players are not on the same level as their frontline superstar on their respective teams, okay? Toronto is clean. They they get the hustle plays. They don't turn the ball over. They're great on defense. They're buttoned up tight. They're a fantastic basketball team. The Sixers, on the other hand are maybe the opposite of the Bucks and the Raptors, and that they have not worried about chemistry, they have not worried about fit and about scheme and about system, and they've said, screw it, we are going to accumulate as many stars as we can. We don't need a bench. Coach isn't as important, the depth isn't as important, the scheme is, well, whatever the scheme is, we're going to go get ballers, and we're going to hope that they can figure it out. Now, up until this point, both both styles have worked, both teams have, have worked very well, the 76ers, however, have got some chemistry issues. 
Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid don't really play all that well together on the floor at the same time. And, and Tobias Harris, for as great of a player as he is, isn't really a great catch-and-shoot three guy. He can create for himself. He can drive. But as a catch-and-shoot guy, he's not what J.J. Redick is. So his effect is somewhat minimalized. And Jimmy Butler is Jimmy Butler, who's, who's got a loud voice and, and likes to use it and disagrees and, and fights with teammates and, and, and can be difficult at times, right? I'm not saying all the time, but certainly can be. Timberwolves fans know that best. I, which style is better? I, I, I don't know. I, I think you need a little bit of both. You need the best talent possible, but you also need scheme and chemistry. Just ask the Boston Celtics because that was ultimately their downfall. Both of these teams present interesting challenges and weaknesses. Like I think on any given night, maybe Pascal Siakam can be had and Kyle Lowry can certainly be had in ways that maybe Joel Embiid cannot and Jimmy Butler cannot. But then again, the Raptors are going to execute better. They're going to be crisper. They're going to make less stupid mistakes. They're probably going to be healthier and more reliable given what we've seen from Joel Embiid so far. But they don't necessarily have the the banging talent of Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid or, or, or Tobias Harris. The Sixers have all the manpower, but they don't necessarily have the organization. I like it's it's a double-edged sword here. It's a coin flip for me. Bucks are going to have home court advantage either way, so that doesn't play into it. They're going to be well rested either way. Man, I don't know. I, I I worry about the the prospect of Joel Embiid getting healthy and, and being dominant because I look. I know it's been popular to hate on Joel Embiid and, and that they can't build around him because he's not reliable. He's not healthy and he doesn't fit with some of their other players. But he is so damn good. When he's on, he's on. Everybody else in this series, Ben Simmons, even Kawhi Leonard to some extent, Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, there's there's a strategy, there's a style, there's a plan. There ain't no plan for Joel Embiid. Grab your children, grab your wives, grab your husbands, and hide under something because when he gets on and he gets going, there's really nothing you can do. Much like when Giannis gets going. There ain't a lot you can do. It's just the way it works, right? Joel Embiid is the only player like that. Now, Kawhi Leonard's close, but he's not Joel Embiid. The thing with Kawhi is he's healthy, and he can shoot. So you can see I'm, I'm talking myself in circles here. I have no clue who I would prefer the Bucks to play. No clue. I, I think the risk is with the Sixers, they get healthy and they get organized. The risk with the Raptors is they continue playing like the team that they've been. So do you take the danger that you know or the danger that you don't know? I don't know. So we're going to talk about that the rest of the week and try to figure out because I, man, I don't know. We'll keep talking about it. I, I think the Bucks might maybe match up a little bit better with the Raptors. They played them well this year. They also played the Sixers well this year. Bucks getting healthier. These other two teams getting more banged up like we've talked about. Joel Embiid can't stay healthy. Pascal Siakam is now dinged. Like, there's been issues on both sides for these teams. Meanwhile, the, 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 the Bucks play better. They're getting healthier. They're getting better as the postseason goes on. Malcolm Brogdon's back. Nikola Mirotic is getting healthier. Tony Snell is getting healthier. Team's only getting better. So we'll see whatever the opponent ends up being. We'll continue to talk about it tomorrow and, of course, on the other side of this weekend as well. This has been the Wisco Sports Show. Be back same time, same place tomorrow. Can't wait to keep talking about it then.